All right. Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining uh, the first ever episode of Manly Musings podcast. My name is Merritt, one of the co-hosts on this podcast. Literally, we're just going to be talking about really anything, shoes, sports, anything else under the sun. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Kevin and he's going to introduce himself. What's going on, everyone? Uh, This is Kevin out here. Um, I am one of your co-hosts here for your Manly Musings. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do it every Tuesday, every Wednesday. Um, It could happen pretty much uh, once a week, maybe twice a week if emergencies happen. But yeah, we're going to give this a shot. Uh, Like Merritt said, it's going to be sneakers, sports, life, and everything else in between. Uh, Thank you for listening, if you're listening. And I think, I guess... Let's just, I guess we'll just move on right from there. Let's, you know, talk about, you know, what, let's see, because we know we're talking, we're a podcast about sports. So what do we got going on in sports this week? Well, can we start off with Kyrie Irving? <laughs> oh, that, gosh, goodness gracious. Dude, I, just yes. read, I literally just read an article on Breach Report. He is not anti-vax, not any of that, which is fine. That's cool but he's standing up for the little people that are losing their jobs. Awesome. Great platform, Kyrie. Shut up. Literally just shut up. No one cares what you're doing. If you want to do this, retire and walk away from the sport at this point. That's my opinion. I think he's a phenomenal player. I just, I don't know. I'm literally reaching a point with him going, dude, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, it's such a hard thing to talk about. Like, I get it. Like, everyone is very, you know, it's a personal matter when it comes to you wanting to get the vaccine. Um, yeah. I And I look at it in Kyrie Irving's instance. Um, you, you know, yes, you are doing that, you know, to stick up for the people that are losing their jobs and, you know, standing up for what they believe in. But guess what? Kyrie, you still have a job. Um, so, you know, I think I look at it this way for those that for some reason, and I'm not going to go the whole spiel about everything. It's a personal choice. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you are a public figure. You are to be, you know, you're not just putting yourself at risk when you don't get that vaccination. You're putting you're their coaches. Then the coaches have to go back to their families. Their families have to go back to school. If they have kids, those kids are going to school. And those kids are interacting with other kids. And then not only in that perspective, you know, you're talking about the workers in Barclays Center, Barclay Center, they all have to be vaccinated. So you're telling me every single person in New York that's working in that arena, they have to be have a vaccine in them. And you're the only one that doesn't have one. I think that is problematic. You know, you have to realistically think about the big term picture, which I don't think he's necessarily truthfully seeing. And, you know, I read something on ESPN. Sean Marks made a statement, you know, Kyrie's not going to practice until, you know, he's yet his fully vaccination. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what I saw. But I. He came out today and said he is not allowed. He will not be practicing or playing with the team. So, like, there was the idea that 
he might be able to do the road road games. Great. Go play in the road games, but you miss 50% of the games and you're also missing two to three weeks at a time. If they have a homestand, which is six games, I think they literally have a homestand in the first two weeks. They're home for six games. You're, you're out of the loop for two weeks. You're, there's no congruency. There's no. Yeah. And how are you going to keep the chemistry together when you don't yeah. play? You know, you're on the road. You have six straight home games. So you're going to not play for six weeks or however long that span is. You're not. Pra- what are you going to practice by yourself? Yeah, that's like game speed. NBA game speed is different than when you're just practicing by yourself. So mm-hmm. for the fact that, you know, he's not going to be able to practice he's, and he's only going to be able to play road games or what they were saying. But honestly, if you're not, it's you gotta be you gotta either be all in or you're gonna be all out. I mean, yeah. you know, and I think if the rest of that team looks at it from the perspective of trying to win a championship, which is honestly they're constructed to win a championship if he's playing. They're if he's still, not they're playing, still the favorite. They're still the favorite. They're still the one of the favorite. They're still one of the favorites, yeah. if not the favorite in the East. If he, you know, and I think if Kevin Durant or James Harden were to say something and just be like, yo, man, like, get this together. Like, you know what? I get it. I get what you're saying. But at the end of the day, we have a job to do. And the job is that they want to ring- win rings. Yeah, you got to be on board. We want to be raising a banner into the, the Barclays Center for the first time ever. Yeah, absolutely. Team and they, they need to, they need to figure it out. They need to figure it out. You know, you know, I've as a net supporter from when they were in New Jersey and then now they're in Brooklyn, you know, I think really, you know, I would really hope he comes to his senses. Somebody talks to him and something happens, or honestly, let's get somebody else. Who's next. Who can we get? Who can we get to fit in? He still thinks the earth is flat. I don't think you're going to talk him into getting that. I mean, that's a whole, that's another podcast that, that they can talk about that. I don't, I, I don't have, the GED, the degree for that. So, yeah. What else yeah. we got going on? We, uh, that, so, that was a long time on Kyrie. What else we got going on? So, you know, we, we've John Gruden, we all know what's going on there. He, he lost his job. He, he stepped away. Um, it's, I've read so many different articles on it, like different points of views. Um, my first take is why are we digging out just his emails from 10, 12 years ago? Why, why are we not showing other emails? Because it's probably a lot worse. And what he said, horrible, derogatory, can't stand for that, especially this day and age. But again, why are we digging? Why are we going back 10 years? Um, is my first and really only question. I'm not saying what he did was right. How he handled it was horrible, horrible. He comes out and says, hey, I'm trying to, what I said back then, is not the person I am today. Okay. What are you doing? I'm taking classes. I'm reaching out. I'm learning all that stuff. Great. That's what we want to hear. He didn't come out and say, it. I was like, oh, I said really bad things about Roger Goodell too. Okay. Check the tone of the room, dude. <laughs> like, figure that out. Um, it's sad though that it took to get to the homophobic emails for him to truly get booted what he said about Demarius smith was pretty bad in general like let's not forget wrap your head around that like 
That's horrible. Cherry on top was the other emails that they found. All right, we're digging there. Dig further. Let's see what else is there. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you looking back with him, it just super unfortunate, super unfortunate because, you know, he was portrayed to be such a great guy, mm-hmm. you know, when working for ESPN and all of his, I, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed like watching his like those QB camps with him when like a couple years back when he was uh when he was the court, like the it was with all the quarterbacks. Yeah, that was, that was really fun. And then to just kind of hear like all of that is pretty much a, a damn lie. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It's definitely disappointing. And, and, you know, the NFL has been trying to shed this image of racism going on in their league for so, so many years now. And it's like when you think that they're making some traction or doing something, you get something like this and you've literally just take just. It's like you were climbing the stairs, climbing the stairs. When you're about to make it to the top, you've literally just tripped on the last stair and tumbled all the way back down. Yeah. It's, um, it's it, definitely unfortunate. And, you know, it's just like, honestly, what I'm looking for is who's next. Who yeah. is next that we are going to see really shed light to what their personality is. Um, the fact that that has been going on, I what it's a, I think they talked about like the email span with that guy from the Washington from the football Washington team for seven team. years. Yeah. So yeah, seven years, like, let's go, let's keep on moving back. Who else are we going to shed light to? Because if the NFL really wants to try and shed that, that persona of, you know, of, you know, I don't even know how to, to say it, but like, they want to shed that persona you know, let's 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 dig back to everybody else's emails. I w- I'd love to see what some of those other coaches say. I mean, yeah. I can honestly say that that's probably maybe John Gruden's was was bad, but I bet you there's probably worse out there. Let's put it this way, Bill Parcells. You oh. really if if he knew how to work an email and the email was prevalent back when he was coaching, good dude would have lost his job in two minutes. Oh, I, oh I can any only. Of any of them i can only um, imagine i can only imagine and hopefully this isn't a thing of a scene of like what's to come right now because you know i mean the nfl they they don't need any more bad publicity like they get it they get enough of it as it is and at at this rate it's just like now it's like you feel like you're kind of in a waiting yeah, you're you're on a waiting pattern to see what what what's the next shoe to drop, and I think that's the scary part. Is yeah. you know, if you go back to Ray Rice, that was horrid, really oh. bad, really bad handling of that, um, and how they dealt with that whole situation. Granted, a a year after it, he wasn't in the league. He has never played football since. Yeah, he's been pretty much blacklisted from the NFL. Became blacklisted. Then you kind of jump around. You had some issues here and there. Nothing yeah. crazy, crazy. Then you got your Greg Hardy. Yeah. Really beat the crap out of his girlfriend, threw on his assault rifle, threw on the sh- like all these things, and, and you let him play. And then the next year, oh, you can come back after six games suspension. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Come on and, now. And we're going to blacklist two of the perennial you know, quarterback and safety in the league 
in their prime. They're 29, 30 years old right now. They should be playing, calling in Eric. Like, yeah, we all know. Yes, there's so many people that are going to say kneeling during the flag is horrible. Okay. We all have our opinions. That's how we are. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of questions. Yeah. And I wish back then that the NFL stood with the players and said, hey, we get your message. Let's work together. And and it wasn't. It was, we're going to crucify one person. And he's been blacklisted. And it it is crazy. He, He should be on one of these rosters. God, he should be on the Bears. Let's be honest. The Bears probably need a quarterback like that to have Justin Fields learn from, not Andy Dalton. Though I'm Andy pretty Dalton. sure the New York football Jets could probably use any good football player at the time. But, yeah. you know, that's that's just apparently the way things roll in the NFL. And, unfortunately, I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon, which is unfortunate. It won't. It, That's going to be my new T-shirt. It's unfortunate if we get big on this podcast. I'll put that on there in big, bold letters and put my face right in the middle. I'm just going to put no fun league. <laughs> Gotta or, love it. <laughs> something with the F word dropped in the middle. There's definitely there something to say that into that. There you um, go. All right. Enough, of that, enough about let's, that. Let's, let's go ahead. What do you got? What do you got next, Merritt? What do you got next? I want to talk about this idea of NBA in Vegas. Why? No. I mean, honestly, all right. So look at it this way. Like Vegas is already a hub. They do all the summer league there. You know, that's expected that like, that's a thing. I mean, you know, I look at it this way, like a lot of my friends are huge into the whole like DraftKings Sportsbook, you know, FanDuel. I mean, it. in the past, I probably would say, you know, no to Vegas. But honestly, the way like the world trending is with sports, people that would never be into sports are into the whole betting thing and gambling thing. I don't think it could hurt, but I have my, I definitely have my, you know, recessions about it. I don't like, so what would happen if we're going to Vegas? Are you taking a team and moving them? Are you doing an expansion team? Because if you have an expansion team, expansion. that means it's 33. Oh, okay. It was expansion. And <clears throat> I know that's been a discussion for the past few years. Honestly, I want them to ex Vegas. I understand Vegas is a great spot for sports betting, for your summer league, for all these things that they already do. It's great. But let's be honest. The one city in this whole country that deserves an NBA franchise is in the Pacific Northwest that they took. Like, come on. Mm. That is oh, where you have a hell of a point. That is where the next you have a hell of a point. Like, let's be honest. Okay, so I'll say this. If if we're if we're gonna go ahead and get Vegas, then I want a team in Seattle so we can have 34 teams. You split it in half. I don't yeah. know who you move east, but if we if Vegas meets, I get Seattle, the Seattle Supersonics back, I will take it. I will yeah. 100% take it. If, if that's the deal that they make, then all right, you know what? I will be okay with that. But, like, Seattle needs to have it, that team back. Like, those guys still lead that yellow and green. Like, they love the, the women's basketball team up there. They're killing it. They've won one 
what I don't know, like three or four titles. You talked about Seattle Storm. I just want to yeah. say I love Sue Bird. She is one of my favorite basketball players, not just female basketball players. She is one of my favorite basketball players ever, has the dopest girlfriend ever. And I love Sue Bird. I mean, but I digress. I know I just, I love Sue Bird. We can talk about that on another she, podcast, but she may not be playing after this year. Don't even, don't talk about that. That's going to break my heart. But at the same time, honestly, if there's anybody that deserves to retire, I mean, you might as well retire on top. I mean, you're talking five gold medals. You're talking four WNBA championships. You're talking, I think, two to three national championships in college basketball. I mean, oh, yeah. technically, Cold what medal. else do you need? Yeah. Her and Tarasi probably go down as the two best WNBA players to ever touch that court. Yes. Easily. Yes. UConn, um, UConn, UConn. They just breed, breed greatness for women. Women's basketball. Come on, man. You can't even. You can't even. I, can't, I just. I just don't like Gino. I can't. I just. Okay. I'm All right. Sure okay. Well, well, this. Th- th- like I said, those those topics are another oh, topic well, for another episode. Oh yeah, we will. But um, you know, we we talked about Vegas. We talked about Vegas and the hope maybe we get Seattle SuperSonics in return as well. So let's go ahead, Parrot. Why WVU? Oh, Jesus. All right. So, prefers everybody. Kevin and I met in 2010. 2010, uh, yes. Yeah, for, in one of our sport management classes. I don't know if it was Docs or, Grata, or Bravos or Elite, like whoever. I don't remember which one it was, but. 100%. Um, it, it, it had to be, I think it had to be at least like a Gonzalo Bravo class. Shout out Bravo. to Dr. Gonzalo Bravo. Um, yeah, I think it was one of those weird classes where you're in the big, big hall. Oh, and like God, you have to yeah. hear him. Yeah, it's just sitting down. Yeah. So great guy though. Oh yeah. So I went to the University of New Hampshire for two years and had a great time. I went there going to the Whittemore School of Business, which back then in 2008, when we started going to college, one of the biggest business schools, most prevalent business schools in the country. After a semester, I realized I didn't want to do business. <laughs> um, so make the decision. All right, I'm going to drop out of business school. That didn't go over well for my dad. He was kind of mad, but whatever. <laughs> Worked out at the end for me. Um, and I stayed at UNH, had way too much fun. Like, let's be honest. West Virginia is crazy. We all did really stupid things when we were there <laughs> that we don't remember. But we've been told about um, numerous times. UNH, same kind of idea. Very small town, nothing around. All you can do is drink and party Thursday through Saturday. That's what I did my whole sophomore year. So I basically blew my chances like in class. I did not do well in school. (laughs) I was literally like a C average student at that point. And that's not me. I'm like a B a student like throughout high school um and then trying to figure out what i want to do i figured out i want to be in sports i was a sport student manager for the men's basketball team at unh for six months that kind of got me opening up to the idea of like i could do this i could go to a school and do this this would be a lot of fun this could be a great learning opportunity unh they don't play anybody it's too small like in thirteen thousand kids Go there total, total. Oh, 
Yeah. Like it's small. That's it's huge in New Hampshire. Like that's the biggest school in New Hampshire, but yeah, it's small in retrospect. And um, my cousin at the time was at Louisville. He was a student manager down there. Right. When they won the big East title with um, God, Terrell uh, Williams and Clark and all them, that team that was just unbelievably good. Sosa, all that. So we go down for their senior game and it's in the old arena. It was the last game in that arena down there before they went to the Yum Center. And get down there, my cousin shows my dad and I around. We're like, wow. I'm like, this is what a college basketball program really looks like. Because New Hampshire and New England, like New England, BC is your biggest college or UConn. But to get to BC, it's an hour. No one really cares about BC. They, they, they suck. Um, UConn, it's two and a half, three hours. I'm not going down to UConn for that. There's just no point. Um, go to Louisville, though, and you see this all, and you're going, wow. <laughs> they, they know what they're doing. This is when Patino's still a coach. So okay. we all know that, that the – Gotta love Patino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta love Patino. We, we, that's, good, that's another conversation for another day. If, oh, we yeah. make it, if we're able to make it to another podcast. Oh, yeah. If we ever make it to a new <laughs> one. Um, but so we literally had a conversation. We, we watched Louisville beat Syracuse, um, which decimated Syracuse. They were like the number two or three team in the country. They were favored by like 15 points. Senior night for Louisville. Okay, whatever. They went off. They literally went off and beat them by like 10, 11 points. It was crazy. And who was playing? Uh, Louisville, Syracuse. So, okay. okay. So, so uh, all those guys at Louisville. Um, I can't remember anyone on Syracuse because I just didn't care. But that's um, like Orinze, Anawaku. Is that like um, Eric Devendorf? Yeah, it, um, it was 2000. It was like Johnny Flynn. It was 2010. So, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so like Johnny Flynn. That's like Wesley Johnson. That's all, all those guys. Yeah. The, I think Wesley was the next year, but I do. I, Flynn was definitely there. Yeah. Um, he, oh, shout out to Johnny <laughs> Flynn. He, he had he, so much potential. So much, but he went to the worst team in the NBA for him. Literally. Uh, and they drafted five point guards that one year. That was uh, hilarious. But I digress. Um, so we're there and we get to go down to the locker room. We're hanging out. We're having a great time. Um, I'm my dad and I fly back next day. And the next day after we fly back on Sunday, I have a huge test for my sports studies class. So at this point I've already transitioned everything into sports. I am wanting to get into the sports business in some capacity, managing, working my way up, doing whatever. Um, my dad goes, so what are your thoughts? I go, I need to leave UNH. I have to leave. Mm. He's like, well, why? I'm like, I just saw what college sports really truly is. I grew up a North Carolina fan my whole life. Never been to a game I want to. But like, you see it on TV. It's totally different being in there live. Um, <laughs> our basketball gym at UNH held maybe... 2,000 people, 3,000 people, and it never filled up. Never. Like, so going to that, and it just was very eye-opening. So I started applying to different schools, sending letters. I sent letters to Bruce Pearl, to 
Roy Williams. I'm sending letters to all these coaches just to say, hey, I'm so interested in coming to your school. I want to see if there's a student manager position potentially opening up for um, your basketball team. Blah, 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 blah. I heard back from three schools. But I didn't actually even write a letter to West Virginia. I was just told to apply to West Virginia because they had a great sport management program. I was like, okay, I'll apply. Yeah. I go, great. I've never, never even heard of West Virginia. I don't even know where West Virginia is. Uh, that was, and that was, that was going to be my next question. It's like, where did West Virginia even come from? So it was, I started digging in best sport management schools. And that's kind of where I started focusing. And at the time, West Virginia, Louisville, and University of Miami actually had very good Ooh, sport okay. management program. And Baylor and a couple others. Um, I didn't get into Baylor. So, okay, that's fine. I got into Louisville and I got into West Virginia. I then find out that they had an opening for a student manager in Miami. I was like, oh, you should have told me like a week ago because <laughs> I missed the cutoff to apply down there. <laughs> like, crap. <laughs> oh, like, all right. Um, and I, my cousin was still manager there. So I was talking to him. He got to be a grad assistant. I was like, hey, what's the opportunity of me being a student manager? Was, Honestly, we just fill, we fill, so many spots with external or out-of-state kids. They try to keep a lot of in-state. Makes sense because holidays and all of that, like you're going home and all that. Because we just filled the last spot. So I, I don't think we're going to be able to get you on the team. You know, be, a practice, be on that. I'm like, all right, well, West Virginia it is then. And that's, of course, when um, West Virginia went to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. They, went through, they were killing it. Um, and when Deshaun Butler hurt his, you know, knee and all that, um, and I was like, all right, cool site. So literally never seen it until I went to transfer orientation site unseen. Okay. Never. Uh, wow. and that was like, what, I think it was June or May or June when I went down there for that. Yeah. Cause and, that's when a lot of those orientations usually happen, which I'll get into it uh, in my side of the story. It's and then time. I was just like, you know what? This is great. I love it. It's huge. It biggest campus. Let's be honest. Like I've been to a couple different college campuses. West Virginia's is probably the biggest I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, <laughs> I can I can definitely count for that one as well. My calf muscles are still pretty big because of West Virginia. Um, but like it was just you got there and you're going. It feels like a place I want to be. And once, of course, you get to sport the football season and stuff, I literally called my parents the first football game going, they shut down the town on Saturday. They go, what? I go, it's like football down in the South where they close everything at like four on Fridays. I'm like, no, everything's closed here on Saturdays. My parents are like, you got to be kidding me. No. <laughs> and of course, like, as you know, like I have fallen in love. Like I love West Virginia sports. That's we yell and scream about it every weekend. Um, so that's how that's I, why, and it's why we're here today. Oh yeah. That's why we're here today. That's how we got to be friends. Um, yes. But like, that's, that's why I, I went there. Um, went there for the sport management and was able to turn into a practice player for the women's basketball team. Had a great time doing that. Um, made some really good friends and Hey, that's kind of what it was meant for. So. Absolutely. All right. So you're from Jersey. Yes, I am from Jersey. Why did you pick West Virginia out of like, you have Seton Hall, you have Rutgers, you have what? 
plethora of schools. I, 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 yeah, of course. Yeah, I had a plethora of schools that you know I could have went to. Um, so my main thing when it came when I was in high school, I just really wanted to get into sports. Um, you know, big sports guy, big sports fanatic. Um, I just really wanted to do something with sports. First thing I ever thought of was oh, athletic training. So, you know, when you had like in high school, you had like those like little guidance counselor meetings and like, oh, so like, Kevin, what do you want to do? And like, I want to work in sports. And I remember it was hilarious. Like I've had I had four guidance counselors for four years of high school, which is hilarious. I don't know how that happened, but they kept rotating them every every year for whatever reason. And I remember I don't remember her name. Forgive me. But she goes, oh, you should look at west virginia i'm like what like western virginia and she goes um like no 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 like west virginia the the state west virginia i'm like all right so like every time when i was doing searches like you know i think what was a god forgive me for my age do you remember the website where you had to like type in like college something.com where it like formulate your school that like is your best fit yeah that that sh- that shit was horrible. Let's be yeah, honest. I don't remember what it's called, but every time I would put in like when I'd fill it out, West Virginia was always on my list. So I decided, you know what? Let me go ahead and just put it in. Let me just like like do some research on it. And you know, I did a little research on their um. On their program, I remember there was the one like there was one summer I just took a bunch of different tours. First tour that I went on was West Virginia. And I remember me and my parents, we drove down like because it's six hours from us in Jersey. And then we drove back six hours to go all the way back home. So we literally just like that. And that was when we learned like if, if I was ever going to go there, they have to spend a night because it's just too much driving. Yeah. So yeah. essentially we you know the tour i like they my parents had never done this because with my sister she stayed local she only did um just close by school she went to Rutgers, you know all of those like local schools around us njit all schools i truthfully didn't want to go to because i wanted to go get away from home i was i was a kid that would like every wife had oh kevin's just like the family kid he's just gonna go to Rutgers for years and just commute to school and I didn't really want to conform to that. I was like, I'm not going to Rutgers. Hell with that. I'm not going to the 13th grade. So we went We went on the tour for West Virginia. And I remember there were a couple of things that blew me away. The campus, so huge, unbelievable, absolutely like gorgeous campus. And then two things really, really stuck out to me that pretty much held me was the what kind of got me to go there first one was the rec center basketball fan you walk through the rec center so the first thing you see are like one two three four and a half and then badminton in like one slew straight and it's like all these courts i'm like wow that's really really cool they have three downstairs and then another three downstairs. So that's like, if you want to play basketball, I'll wear, I'm going to go play basketball. Like whenever I can, um, that was what sold me, but that was number one that sold me. But then number two, so what the bus tour does when you get a tour of WVU is they will drive the bus up to the law school Hill. 
Uh-oh, they take go- their bus and then they go ahead and they just kind of rotate, 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 rotate. And all of a sudden you see Milan Puskar Stadium and then they just go, see that, guys? Picture 650, 60,000 plus in the in there in golden blue screaming, let's go Mountaineers. Just picture that with people in there. That could be you one day. And I was like, wow, that really could be me one day. So West Virginia was first. Then right after I took the tour of UConn, Seton Hall, Rutgers, Dominican College, which is a small upstate school in New York, and UNC Charlotte. So I, you know, I went through all of them. I liked them. I applied to all of them. I only got into Dominican College, UNC Charlotte, and West Virginia. Oh, so that's, so, that's a no-brainer after that. So right? I was like, you know, honestly, I was really pushing for West Virginia be just because of the fact that it was a little bit closer to home, you know, six and a half hours against 12 and a half hours. Yeah. It was a little bit easier. And then, you know what? I applied and I was like, you know what? I just felt good about going to West Virginia. And then literally I was like, you know what? Mom, dad, this is, this is the decision. And then, you know, I went to my, you know, fresh, the new freshman orientation where you have to take like this random, like college test to like, see where you're supposed to be for your classes. It's most bullshit, honestly, but like, I'm pretty sure transfer orientation. They're just like, y'all are just, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I a hundred percent failed it, which was hilarious. So, and I just remember you met a lot of people on that. I met a lot of people from New Jersey, which was cool. And I remember, this is a funny story I love to tell people when I, because like everybody asks, so like, why West Virginia? Um, so I know, so for one, West Virginia at the time, and I'm pretty sure is still, you know, one of the top schools for athletic training. I think it's might be number one. I think it's, I, I think it's like number one or it's in the top three still, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, their program is tough. I mean, it is, it is no joke. It is cutthroat. It's one of those programs. You really got to love it if you're really going to continue with it because it can definitely break it down. Um, but yeah, so uh, I remember going in for new school orientation for the athletic training department. And I remember I'm waiting outside. We're in the mountain lair. And my mom asked this question. She goes, you know, Kevin, there are like 49 other states. Like, you could have gone to 49 other states, but you decide to come here. Why? Literally, as she said that, a sorority went by of, like, 11 beautiful women. And my dad goes to my mom, "Uh, I can tell you there's 11 reasons right there. And we always, always have that joke every time. And my mom starts laughing, like, thinking about it. But I'm like... That ain't wrong, you know, it's what it is. But um, so going back into like how I got into sport management was so I talked to you guys about you know the athletic training program in West Virginia is cutthroat, it's hard. Um, honestly, I'll never wear a white polo with khakis ever again because truthfully, it just brings back horrible memories for me. Um, I respect everybody that has gone through that program. I give them so much credit because they really gotta work hard. Uh, when they're in there, but 
you know, I remember it was October of my freshman year. Mm -hmm. I, um, I was supposed to go do some training hours, but I caught the flu. I didn't go. Um, so then I got called out in the middle of class. They're like, Kevin, I can, can I, I need to see you. I'm like, you didn't go to your training hours. And I go, yeah, I currently have the flu right now. And she goes, well, why didn't you go? I currently have the flu right now. And I'm currently standing here somehow because this class is only one day a week. And I know I have to be here or else I'm going to fail. So she's like, still don't matter. You should have been, should have been at your, your training. I'm like that right there. I remember I went home. I went home crying to my mom and I'm like, mom, I can't do this anymore. I need to get out of this. So, um, I remember I was in the process of trying to change majors. Some people were trying to tell me that I should transfer back home. Truthfully, I just really wanted to still go to school in West Virginia. I love the vibe. I love the area. So I wanted to figure out what else can I do. And one of my friends, uh, shout out to her. Her name is Sandy West. She is amazing. She still works for the university nice. right now. Shout out to you, Sandy. But um, I remember her saying, oh, you know, I'm in sport management. And then like, kind of just like, I remember just, thinking I'm like ah sport manager what is that I remember that when I was in high school so then I kind of just thought about it. I was told my mom I was like you know you know I think I'm gonna try this sport management thing out I think it'd be interesting I want to work in sports you know now try to find something in the business of sports and I you know I remember I went to oh my god I forgot Carol and Teresa's office it's the most scariest thing to do when you are in the CPAS school but there were, you know, they're nice ladies when you get to know them. Yeah. And yeah. they were not nice when you first tried to meet them. Yeah. They were terrifying in the beginning. But right after, pretty much like uh, I went, I was like, I just want to change my major to, to a different one. She's like, oh, what do you want to do? Priest. I was like, all right, sport major. All right. So you got to be a priest management major. Luckily, the classes that I had in the first semester, a bunch of them were just considered Gen X. So I just had to fill the rest of my Gen X. And then as long as I had a certain GPA, I was good. Mm -hmm. And then I made it into the sport management major. And then pretty much was the rest of my time there in Morgantown. You know, we got a chance to do some fun things with, you know, the WVU sport management uh, program and the sport management club. Um, I was I didn't have as many amazing opportunities as you, Merritt, but. You know, I remember being down there and then I, you know, I remember I got to work the Mountaineer gear sale one time and then we got to travel to the sport management worldwide with just five of us in a random van. Oh, my and God. I remember y'all. You guys got to go on a damn bus. That's another. We'll talk about that another day. But that's a horrible story. I we will go into that. That that was. But I remember I went into. um so we went to the sport manager world. Well, I got to meet Adam Schefter. It was yep. really cool. He was one of the main guys. And there was a bunch of other guys there, but lots and lots of networking with people. And then during the, my time there at WVU, what else did I do? I mean, I, I, I got myself into fitness. I got, uh, Merritt, you know, you've been this in classes. Zumba. I am a Zumba legend uh, out there. First guy ever. I mean, pretty much. I got to go to the grocery store and people would like know who I am, which is kind of hilarious. But, you know, honestly, during my time, if I, I don't have any regrets, maybe I should have gotten more involved with more sports stuff to push me farther in sports. But at the same time, I look at everything happens for a reason. 
And honestly, and now we're here, we're talking about what we both love and the Genesis, which is sports. And that is honestly, that's my W story. And I think, you know, what brought us back together was when we talk about sport management, we, we got to reconnect after years and years and years. You want to tell the people about it? Oh, the doc. I mean, you could, might as well, like, because that uh, kind of is the genesis of why we're here. So, to preface everything, guys, like, we had a professor uh, named Doc Jones. Shout out uh, to you, uh, Doc Jones. You're out here. Congratulations on being retired from West Virginia University. Well deserved. Uh, go kill it with your foundation. Um, but he's out here traveling the world, and he'll yeah. listen to us and be like, "Boys, you better yeah. handle your yeah. business." Merritt, you need to shave. whatever um the guy is is a quirk great guy though yes for sure you you could turn in a paper one day and then you have an f and i'm not going to throw a name out there because he's a friend of mine and he is a sport agent (laughs) and you can turn it in the next day and get an a (laughs) hey having the best of us out here all know who it is um but He's just a great guy and became a, a friend of our, both Kevin and I. Um, we stayed in touch with him after college. And in his final year, he had, I think it was like two times a week, he would have former students actually come back and, of course, because of COVID, do Zoom calls with his class. Um, so I nagged him for a little bit because he asked me if I wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm. 100% down, like, let me know um, what works. Here's my schedule. I can make anything truly work on my end. My work schedule isn't too busy right now. And he goes to me for about four weeks, typical doc. Um, <laughs> but then he got back in touch with me and he goes, here's who you're presenting with. I'm like, oh, I'm, I've got Kevin. Like, grin, Kevin and I text basically on a weekly basis, talking about sneakers, talking about West Virginia. Um, even since we graduated college. So we were like, all right, this is going to be great. And it was honestly, I tell people it was one of the best experiences of my life. Like you talk to what, 40, 50 kids. And we yeah, it was a good time. I mean, like, you know, we're not going to divulge into what we do because now that's not important, but you know, I, I, for me, I remember I would always see all these people that would be like, oh my God, shout out to you in the Zoom room, blah, blah, blah. And then I just remember him messaging me like, well, you're next. I'm like, I know I'm definitely not next. But like, you know, you like to think maybe he would choose you. But then I just remember this was on a Saturday. He texts me and goes, what are you doing on Monday? And I'm yeah. like, uh, I'm actually off. And he goes, you're in a Zoom room with Merritt. I'm like, all right, cool. And then, and then also, also, I was like, all right, cool. So, what do you need me to do? And then he says, like, I gotta have a PowerPoint presentation. I have to like put a like a, a face, big like you know headshot. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't ask to do damn homework out here. So, I remember I worked early for the day i didn't have a i had i worked the early shift for my work and pretty much i spent my evening having me a cold one and making me a powerpoint and my parents are looking at me like 
what the fuck are you doing? And then I'm like, my wife looked at me going, why, why are you making a PowerPoint? I'm like, got this presentation tomorrow. Yep. I don't want to fail. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I'll just like, and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I remember I didn't have my laptop. So I had to borrow like my mom's laptop so I could like get it done. Cause my laptop that I have still from college is apparently too obsolete for me to do anything. So yeah. I had to literally just like finagle it on my mom's who's just about to like die also. So I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing a PowerPoint. And luckily everything worked out fine. And then I think you and I just were texting one day. It was that it was like great to see each other. And then you just texted me out of the blue. You want to do a sports podcast? And I was like, hell yeah. We got yeah. this. That's I love that, it. So we got here. Now let's let's kind of dive into what you and I are talking about Saturday. Yes. Uh, we will tell this to everybody. We are huge West Virginia football fans. Um, huge football fans. People don't understand. I, we both have tattoos on us. You have one on your back. I have mine on my arm, like which people don't know about until they like see me with a sleeveless shirt. But yeah, we are we love our Mountaineers dearly. And we will we will be upset, we will be opinionated, we will all oh. but we will also at the end of the day understand that these are college kids yep. playing a sport, which now they you know they can profit off their name, which is fantastic. I'm happy about that. Thank God um, it's about time. But like they're kids. We're 32 years old watching 19 to 24 year olds play a sport a game um it's amazing how like i am 31 right now i'm an old geezer but literally the one thing that makes my blood boil is watching my mountaineers lose like honestly it sets the tone for my day like i tell or just watching them in general uh probably everything just watching them honestly it sets the tone so like if they if dub v just has a bad day my day is a bad day and i tell my people who work for me i go guys don't bother me right now west virginia just lost so leave me alone and then if they if they won let's freaking go and i am going crazy yep well so current state of west virginia they are two and three right now two and and four two and four four. yeah two and four right now apparently last in the big 12 standings because of the conference record of zero and four which is is it i think it is can you just beat somebody uh last time i checked in the brackets we were not anywhere near if you want to go ahead and just double check me but all i know is it's not it's not it's not looking good right now it's no. just it's no. a little bothersome let, hold on let's see standings hold on big 12 yes we are last due to the fact that we are and three in the conference mm-hmm. as kansas and kansas state are currently and two so yeah, that is yeah. Wow. that that hurts. I mean, that is it's hard. Um 
It's Mary, fun. go ahead. Do you want to go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, indulge in this uh, so, before I do? So the team looks like crap. Um, I know we got power. We got our points up here. We're probably going to hop around to every single one. We're not going to have them all listed. We're not going to literally touch on each one and say go through. We're going to just talk about it. I'm going to start with our quarterback situation. First game, understandable. We knock off the rust from the summer, from all the stuff. Get it. Second game, he played Long Island University. Trounced them. Easy win. Um, so you're going to have to try there. You got real lucky against Virginia Tech. Those did not look good in that game either. Talk about heart attack city. Like I left and did apple pumpkin stuff with my wife. And we were up by like 17, 18 points. And my dad's texting me going, Hey, so they're up by 10. Oh, they're up by, Oh, they're up by seven. Oh, they're only up by four. I'm like, what the fuck? Like and it's a progression in like three minute span. It's not like a, Oh, it took like a quarter from the score. I'm like, oh, that's fine. No, it took them like three, four minutes. Defense sucks. Corners always suck for West Virginia. Pac-Man Jones is their best corner ever to play, or Worley and a couple others. But, like, let's be honest. Those are dime a dozen. They're trash. Um, our D-line is overplayed and exhausted. Stills is still one of the best defensive players in the country. I'll give him that. He has some great guys on the edge with him and a couple in the middle. But there's nothing there. There's nothing else there. Um, but let's get back to Doge. Dodge, Doge. I don't even know how, how they say Daigie, I think is the Daigie? pronunciation. Yes, Daigie. Okay, Daigie. All right. Well, that doesn't look like a Daigie name, but okay. Um, spell Daigie right next time, guys. Um, but he he can't read it. Uh, they're talking about it the other day, like, oh, just needs to open it up, like, have all five out. I'm like, but you have the top one of the top running backs in the nation behind him. Get him going. Diggy's like, nah, I'm just going to toss it and throw it 20 feet over someone's head. I'm going to throw it on the ground. I'm going to do this. I'm going to throw a couple picks. Where are you seeing? Like, I know I'm not a quarterback. I know I'm not on that field, but I'm watching it going. He's wide open. What are you looking at? It's, um, it's super interesting because, like, the way that I see Dehe playing right now is the way that I was seeing Austin Kendall play last year. And then when Dehe came in, it was a breath of fresh air. Just how, yeah. like, when Gary Green comes in, it feels like a breath of fresh air instead. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely been – it's been a challenge to watch them because they remind me it's, like, if you know for anybody that has followed WVU football for as many years as we have, probably even longer, you guys kind of know like goes in waves. So, like, you know, you have the team that is great all around one year. Then with like the graduations, then it's like the offense is really good, but the defense is rough. Or then the next year the defense is really good and the offense is rough. Or then the year it's like, oh God, wow, we're just really, 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 really rough. So, like, right now, I think we're in the stage of the defense is really, really good. And also, and the offense is not so very good. 
in between who we're ref right now. Yeah, and so like, I, defense was overplayed last week. Like, yeah, they're exhausted. I watched like portions of it on my phone when I was at work, and I can just you know like when you're on the field trying to chase people for like you know forty minutes, you know it happens. It's it's a struggle. <laughs> it's just I think you know. Luckily, right now, you know it is October twelfth. This weekend is a bye week for West Virginia, which I think honestly they definitely need it. Yeah. But everything right now, I think, is pretty much you know you you need a rebound from here. So like, if we, if I'm looking at my cellular phone, real but quick, see you when we get back. I'm pretty sure. You know, honest. So pretty much. We play at TCU, then versus Iowa State. So what's the goal? Can we get six wins? We would have to win four games. I see Kansas, that's one win. And I don't know if I see another win on here. Maybe the Wildcats. Yeah. Maybe, maybe who's who's on the bottom of the barrel right now for the Big 12? TCU is always down. Uh, TCU is always one of those up and down games. So I could, so let's say TCU and Kansas, that's four wins. We'd need to get two more wins somewhere out there. You're not beating Texas. Uh, I mean, you never know, but like we would have to find, we'd have to, we'd have to win at least two out of the home games, two out of the three home games. And then one of, the road games and i think that we can make it and i because I, I honestly this is what i look at is i would just really want to see our team when it's bowl season honestly whenever we don't make a bowl like i hate watching college bowl season like yeah. i don't give a damn about the reese's pieces you know texas bowl or the beefo brady st petersburg bowl anymore because why would i care you know i gave a damn about what were we in last year? The Liberty Bowl? Liberty yeah, Bowl. Like the the Auto Zone Liberty Bowl. Because at least my alma mater is there. That's right. exciting. I don't even care if we make it to the, you know, Dollar General Bowl. Like, I, I just want to see our team get some bowl wins. Because even when I was in school, I we I, I have the shirts for each and every one of, like, our bowl games. So my, my tenure... Meineke Car Care Bowl with Pat White, we won. Then we go into the Conica Monalta Gator Bowl against Bobby Bowden, RIP Bobby Bowden. Then the Champ Sports Bowl in Florida, in which we lost to an NC State with Russell Wilson. Loss. And then, of course, aren't you, aren't you great that we won Orange Bowl, Discover Orange Bowl in mm-hmm. 2012? But after that, they, we don't. I have not experienced many bowl wins. Like I would love to see us win bowl games. I the remember biggest one, the biggest one since then was when they played out in Arizona. And yeah, Stills, the Arizona State with Skylar Howard and like Mills was the wide receiver that. Yeah, he was. You know who he was? He caught a touchdown. Yeah, won. yeah. I mean that. Yeah, because we like we don't have many bowl wins, which is like. If you're a recruit and want to go to a place, you want to see your those teams in December with their bowling. Like that's cool. Even though sometimes, obviously, I know for those that are you know NFL prospects, those bowl games they don't want to get hurt. They're passing on those bowl games now. 
Right. But this but at the same time, like as a fan, it's just I think it's just nice to see your school represented during that time because it's a fun time. It's the holiday season, tis the season yep. to be jolly. College football is finishing up and college basketball is making its way through the concourse and, and getting getting ready. Yeah. You know, like I think what 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 is it? I think the I remember I watched them in the pinstripe bowl in Yankee Stadium. I was at that one. I was I so was I and I froze to death for no reason. But then again, we also had the worst conditions ever at because if you remember it was snowing and there was nothing but snow on yeah, the ground. I had a surgically repaired foot. Yeah, that's that no good. Walking, that were, no, I had a broken foot and I was walking on it with a walking boot from the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, I just remember it being so cold. Somebody from a bar stole my hat off my head because I had this big furry Russian hat that I had on my head to keep warm. And some drunk asshole took it and ran. So that was made me very unhappy. But um, but I digress. You know, let's get let, we'll go back on the topic. You know, we talk about the quarterback situation. Um, I, like, well, hold on. Do you think we're ma- making it into bowl season this year? No, yes or no, no, no. Not at all. I, I, we have two wins. We are two and four. Um, we have what five games left? Yeah, I think it's six. Six games left. Six. It is one, two, three, four, six. Okay, so we would have to go four and two. Right now, I, I, I it's, don't it's, it's, it's an uphill climb. It's a hub, it's an uphill climb right now. That is definitely for sure. I try, I try to, it's doing that. And I, I yeah. want them, I, yeah, even a shitty bowl. Like, I just want them to get to it, but I don't see them progressing unless you know Brown actually makes the smart move and benches Daggy for mm-hmm. Green or Crowder. We we none we don't know what Crowder can do. We've never seen him out on the field. We know Green can throw. He's not the best thrower, but he's also super mobile. He is honestly he is as mobile as they can come. Uh honestly, it's I, I look at him like I'm looking. I hate I don't want to use the comparison because it's nowhere close, but it's like when I watch Pat Mahomes like running around the field, just like I just know. Garrett is not going to be throwing that ball. He's probably going to try and run for 80 yards. Um, But, you know, I really think they, I definitely think they need to stick with a quarterback and go with it. And I think it could be time for them. What they did, like when they benched Austin Kendall, maybe you give Garrett green, the green light and you run your offense through him, you know, and you, I don't, I'm just fantasy booking here because guys, I'll be on. I'm not a fo- I don't not a football genius. Never said I was. I'm just speaking out here as a truly deeply loving fan. Maybe you try some, you know, quarterback draw, running back draw plays like you did back in the day. You have a star running back in Letty Brown, and you know I remember from the earlier games they have the young freshman running backs he, that they have. He Tony played, Mathis. He played. Um... Is it Justin Anderson another one? Or why do yeah, I feel like that he, name is one? He played okay Saturday. He played in scrap time, so it was like playing against Baylor's backups. But he was yeah. okay. Um, I just wish, you know, they, they've got decent receivers. Yeah. You know, 
but that's never been a, a bad spot for him. They've always had re- decent to good. I mean, yeah, Taven Austin, like the greatest receiver from West Virginia, but like no one's at, yeah. at that level. But you have guys that are like Stedman Bailey level that are yeah. a little bit lower level too, you know? Yeah. I mean, so you like, know, oh, 100%. Like, I, I just definitely think that there just comes a time that you have to, like, you got to handle what you're supposed to be doing. Like, you know, it doesn't help that Daggy has wide receivers that aren't catching his balls, catching his catching his throws. And that's tough. You got to make sure you're you're doing that. You got to make sure you're handling your business. And if you're not doing that, that. That's catching everything that, you know, gets catches everything, but then gets lit up because Daggy's putting him in dangerous spots. Yeah, Two weeks in a row, the guy basically has had his head get taken off. And it's like, yeah. what are you doing? Why? I get that's the throw that you saw that, but you're not seeing the other guy coming. Like you don't want to have your receiver in an area where he get hurt. And 100%. last week seeing, seeing him get drilled and then just flopping to the ground, you're going, Oh crap. He, he no, no, no. Cause Winston Wright's not really playing too well. You know, James is open. I don't know what's wrong with this kid. He he had a he had a hell of a freshman year. He, Sophomore year he was not present, and this year he's, I still been, don't know he is. he's kind of like this. But like, dude, he had a catch at you know get the ball eight yards up, and he's got two yards to get to the first down. Right? Yeah. He takes a step, takes a step back, goes over, goes back, and I'm like, you had a lane in front of you just to get the first down. And you're not getting the first down. They're trying to get fancy and try to get that extra yardage. Yeah. Cool. Get the first down. That's all we ask. Very little of what West Virginia fans ask. Because yeah, just, just move the sticks and just, then the the points will come. You yeah. Know, it's just, yeah, it is a constant, it, you know, it's a constant thing that, you know, you want to trust the coaching staff. Um, I get it. It is only year three. Um, but we have to see what's truly happening. Like, cause I mean, I know in every other, I've only been through what two coaches since I've been a fan of West Virginia. Uh, it's always been, you know, year three is the jump where things get better. So I, you know, I know West Virginia fans, their patience is starting to run low. Yeah. You know, it's, it is definitely a difficult time and it's a transition period. So it's either you start to make the decision, you know, coaches are going to handle what they're supposed to be doing or people are going to be out of jobs and you are going to be in serious, serious trouble because it is, it is a trying time for any West Virginia fan. It is a tough time. And when you're talking expansion right now, this is not the time where you are not performing. Yeah. And you're bringing in a team in Cincinnati who was, let's be honest, for years, Hort yep. was not a good football program. And now is number four in the country. That's huge. Yeah, and that, that boggles my mind because I can't even believe that they're actually doing that. It's crazy. They don't play anybody. Yeah. So, they played Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame. So they did they did play somebody this year. Um, but like honestly, I, I'm still on Neil Brown's side. I, I think you know, I, I saw a stat the other day. All the new head coaches as they've come in, they've had at least 
six to six to ten NFL prospects on their teams. Mm-hmm. Neil Brown came in with one on the active roster, and it was a lineman. Mm. That was it. No wide receiver, no quarterback. So give him a little bit benefit of the doubt. It takes a long time. It's not, we're not Alabama. We're not Nick Saban who, let's be honest, Nick Saban, when he went to Alabama, his first year or two was trash. He was not good because he didn't understand the recruiting aspect and how to get that point. Now he's a juggernaut. Glad they lost last week. It was fantastic. (laughs) Great. I was so happy. I woke up the next morning and seeing the the score and I don't know how that ball made it in the uprights. Um, But I think if West Virginia can squeak out five wins this year, you have a down year. You Mm -hmm. graduated basically your whole defense from last year to this year. You have a lot of young guys that are still developing. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose stills. He's going to the NFL. I really hope he gets drafted, unlike his brother, which is asinine to me. Still boggles my mind how he's not on a practice squad. What is he even doing? Like he should be, he should be somewhere. I definitely think Darius should be somewhere. And best defensive lineman. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I wish I knew more. Like what an NFL agent or GM thinks. Um, I don't know. Is it just because he's from West Virginia and he, you know, well, do no, we have that stigma his, still? His size on his position because he's a DN. He's not tall. He's not real big. He is a shorter DN. So I think that's yeah. his issue. So if that's what he's got to do, switch your position outside linebacker. Do what Clowney did. Clowney can go from inside outside linebacker to DN because of his size. He would prefer to play DN because that's where you can hit people harder and do all this stuff. But stills at the outside linebacker. He's pretty yeah. quick. He's and, a pretty- yeah, for sure. And then I think, you know, if you're thinking – you know, that next level, that's a lot of what the next level kind of does. It's the, you know, you have those, those teams that run that four, three scheme four down linemen, but a lot of successful teams are the ones that are a little bit faster where they do that three, four. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe he's just trying to get him even bigger or stronger. Good good luck to Darius Stills if he can get onto a team somehow. I hope he does. I'm a full supporter of all of our, you know, West Virginia alumni. Fun fact, I try to get a bunch of their jerseys. I started a small collection. Yes, I'm crazy. but Did you get the Tavon jersey yet for Jacksonville? No, not yet, because I don't know how long he's going to last there. I have, I just, I got a steal on an old St. Louis Rams Tavon Austin off of eBay for $30. And then I found me a Geno Smith Jets jersey for $20. And I got me a Bruce Irvin Seattle Seahawks jersey, which is amazing. Shout out to Bruce. Uh, forever one of the GOATs as a WVU alum repping in the NFL. I love his announcement when he's on NBC and how he always says almost heaven, West Virginia. That is Amazing. He's, not, he's done. He I'm done. pretty sure he's like, I'm pretty sure he got hurt. And I don't know if he's retired, but shout out to Bruce. Yeah, he, got, he, got hurt, he got hurt last year in the Patriots game. 
against yes yeah he like yeah he was out for the year i don't know if he's done if he if he is done i'm proud i'm i'm proud yeah. that he repped for us for as many years as he did i know seriously he is probably one of the best west virginia football players to come out probably most exciting most exciting i would honestly say can you go i guess as successful he has a ring i was at that super bowl when he was when he when he won that ring uh he's he's made his tons of money and he was a draft pick that people did not expect him to be drafted so high so you know shout out to bruce man it looks like he is not on a team this year honestly i don't blame him he should take the year off he's probably got a rest He's got he has eight solid years in the NFL at his position. It's amazing. That's it's pretty amazing. good. Absolutely. But um, just to touch on like one last thing with especially like West Virginia. I think next year's class is going to step in really fast for their draft. Their, yeah, their I agree. Class. They've got some really good guys coming in. Highly recruited too. Yeah, like we stole the quarterback. I mean, West Virginia. That he shouldn't. Let's be. I honest. mean, on it, like if, and we all know who the quarterback is. Shout out to Nico out here. Um, is he killing it? He is. I think. Yeah, I think what it is. So this is year three of Neil. So right now we're wrapping up probably the last of Holgerson's class. Am yeah, I right? You this is like have... maybe one more year, if anything. No, because I think still the Stills brothers are were like the Holgerson's like big the biggest, the last yeah. of the last. Yeah, I, think, I think you have maybe like a couple of guys that don't play as much. Yeah. Um because that because yeah. I think if we have this down here, it's because Neil has is is fine is still having like the old guys from like the late earlier years of when they were there with Holgerson, the the holdovers. So if we have this bad year. And shout out to us because this is what we do as West Virginia fans. You know, we spin it in a positive because that's what we do because we love our Mountaineers. Um, I definitely can see like that. If the recruiting class is as touted and as close as they are, I can 100% feel like we could be a better team next year. Yeah. And I also feel, you know, what, what makes me nervous and what makes me very excited is shout out to the transfer portal. Because we might lose a bunch of people because of what happened this year, or also gain a bunch of people. We lost the most last year. We lost 22 guys from our squad last year from the transfer portal, which is extremely scary. Yeah. It is extremely scary. Uh, when you lose the best cornerback in the, in the Big 12, that one hurt. When, when you lose best, your best cornerback and your best defensive back. And like you, what you lost, Drashawn Miller, and you lost Tyke Smith, both to the SEC, and now you're talking NIL. I mean, oh, I mean, I don't want to go into it because honestly, that's probably on a whole nother podcast episode, and we've literally been rolling for the last three hours. Um, but yeah, I mean that it it's uh it's gonna be a lot a very interesting year. Uh, you, we, we caught this podcast running on when they're going into a bye week. We can only hope that things are on the ways up. 
Yeah, but um, have we have we gotten everything in the uh, in the? Uh, it looks like I see everything. Pretty much everything else is highlighted. Yeah, we. Um, what, the, what do what shall we uh, end it we, off with? So, let's just end it off with saying, let's hope Neil is figuring out what the hell he's doing down there. Uh, and shout out to the basketball team. They start in less than a month. Thank God. I cannot wait to see what Cottrell can do for a whole year healthy. And yes, he needs team, to be healthy. He even, needs to be healthy. Mc, even without McBride, because losing McBride is huge. Shout out to Deuce McBride on the Knicks. Let's just Knicks. Shout out to the Deuce McBride on the Knicks. I'll preface that probably for our next episode. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for basketball season. I just, this is my favorite time of year. I love college football. I love college basketball. I tell people all the time, like, this is my favorite time of year because this is when everything is picking up. NBA is coming back. You got postseason baseball. Hockey's coming back. You have football and well into their you know, half, almost halfway to the season. It's a good time. It's a good time and probably a good time for us to be starting this podcast because hopefully we will actually listen to it. We'll have stuff to talk about. I mean, honestly, like we can go in other directions of what to talk about. I can talk about my love for pro wrestling. Like that could literally be a podcast in itself. I could, you know. We could we we got we got anything. If we got anybody has any certain topics you want to talk about, you want us to bring up. If you want some like college tips, how to get through life in West Virginia, we made it out alive. You know, you let us know. And uh, you know, I think this was this was a great start. Yeah, I know this is going to be very long. Shout out to you, Merritt, for trying to edit this. I fully believe in you because I know I'm I won't be able to. Going to just like cut out parts of it and be like. All right, that sounds good. We ranted on this. We'll take this out. But like, yeah. honestly, it's going to be fine. I'm excited for what the next, you know, how, how we continue this, how we get yeah. this to be better. Um, you know, for anyone that chooses to listen, guys, don't take anything we say seriously. Take it with a grain of salt. We are very opinionated individuals. That yes, we're, you and, have, and, we, and we're doing this for free and for fun. Yeah, remember this that. Is just, this is for fun. Um, and honestly, if y'all have questions or you want to throw something at us to talk about, or you got something to say to us, say it. We don't care. Like it's gonna be fun. Um, and, and you know, I'm hopeful that our teams can pull it around. You know, in uh, in football, I don't think they will this year. Um, but Hey, we don't know. I'm excited to see what the basketball team can do. I, I honestly think this is like the year where I, I don't see anyone else in the Big 12 looking as good as we are, minus Kansas. But sanitized fingers crossed, y'all. Sanitized fingers crossed. Yes. I guess if anything, uh, thank you guys for listening. You yeah. are listening to the Manly Musings with Merritt and Kevin. It's October 12th. Hopefully we get to hear y'all soon. And there it is right there. Uh, you know what, Kevin? I think you're going to just do the end, you know, the extra every single week. That was beautiful. I'm not going to say shit. Okay. There it is. All right, y'all. Everyone have a good night. Kevin, I will talk to you later. And yes, sir. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Love it. And.